Good afternoon. This is Bill Young, and welcome to Prayer and Lunch Podcast. Today is Saturday, May 2nd, 2020. And uh, the title of today's show is We Are All Homebound. Now, uh, I'm going to be go reading some uh, Bible quotes. And these are, I guess, kind of special to me. And maybe it could be special to you also. And why it is so important at this time to have the body and blood of Christ. And uh, just a quick uh, story for those who may not know it. Uh, I had my aunt, Sister Mary Teresa. She was a, a beautiful sister for, I believe, over 60 years uh, up in Staten Island, New York. Uh, and then my story, if you could uh, go back and listen up. I try to repost it. Uh, it was the fifth podcast I did, The Saints Among Us. And uh, part of my story is, is true. I, I I loved my aunt, but I never really understand her calling and really what it meant to me. Uh, not until I went into a crisis uh, at my uh, employer uh, back, I guess, this may have been... Um, first started in 2005, and uh, so I was uh, praying the rosary uh, daily, and uh, after every decade of the bees, I would uh, uh, ask my aunt, Sister Mary Teresa, who at that time had been passed away uh, maybe about 12 years earlier, and... uh, so anyway, in between the decades, I would, you know, uh, besides doing the normal prayers of the rosary, I would also ask my help from my aunt, Sister Mary Teresa. And I did this for the whole rosary. And the first time I did it was I was in my house, uh, sitting in my family room. And actually, my son was sitting across from me. He was pretty young back then. Uh, he may have been under 10 years old. And, uh, or maybe about 12, not quite sure his age. But what, what happened after I finished the rosary and kept asking for that, all of a sudden, I felt this greatest love and joy. It was, it was amazing, something I never felt before. So uh, the next day I was at work and uh, I couldn't really pray the rosary, you know, in the office, so... During lunchtime, my lunch break, I went in my car and I again I prayed the rosary, and after uh, each uh, uh, decade, I would uh, ask my help from my aunt, Sister Mary Teresa, uh, stating, "I know you're probably in heaven. I did this the day before too, and can you please help me?" Was my job situation, and again uh, after that uh, was completed, and I left to you know go back to work from my parking lot in my car to the office building, again, I felt this greatest joy and love. And and people I didn't even know, I mean, like, just, you know, co-workers. I mean, it was a big building, a lot of people. And every single one of them I, I felt this greatest love for. And I, I realized that that had to be from heaven because it was such, you know, great joy. And, and that is, I think, what heaven is all about, is love. 
So uh, a few months after that, my sister from New York, Susie, uh, was visiting me. And when I told her the story, her eyes got like really big. She said that she went to her funeral uh, back in the early 90s. And uh, I think it was a time when my wife was pregnant uh, with my son. Oh no, it had to be after that. But anyway, as she stated, no, it probably was, probably was at that time. And she was pregnant. And so I didn't go to the funeral. But my uh, sister told me that, yes, she felt that same way at her funeral. Uh, right after her death, of course. And uh, she felt this greatest joy and love. So I realized right then and there that my aunt went basically right to heaven right after she passed away. And uh, so that just puts the emphasis of when I, I found this, uh, that I find it, it was in my uh, library, uh, a Bible that was kind of, uh, she, I guess, had sent to me sometime during her lifetime. I'm not quite sure. You know, you always wonder. Uh, you won't see something until you're ready to see it, even though it's right in front of your eyes. Well... This this Bible it was covered, it was contact paper. So you really, if you're looking at it from the outside, you really don't know it's a Bible. And uh, the day I found this this Bible, I was actually looking for something else, like always, right? You find something else. And so uh, she gave me a little card with it, and and said. Uh, for Bobby, she knows me uh, by my uh, middle name because my family, I was a junior, so my family always called me uh, Robert or Bobby as a nickname instead of William. So, I, you know, I, I found this, this Bible in my library, and I did ask my uh, sister Susie uh, about it, and uh, also uh, my wife, Pat, and they don't remember ever seeing a Bible before which is kind of strange, right? <laughs> well, again, we don't see something unless we're meant to see it. And so it's very important because uh, she gave me just a little note from her and a little uh, picture card. And uh, she said, Love, Bobby, from Sister Mary Teresa. And that the card was placed, uh, this was, I guess, a Saturday, like today. It was placed where the next day, the Bible, uh, the Gospel of uh, Sunday Mass was when Mary said yes. Well, this little card that I found was right at that point where same uh, Gospel reading was the next day when Mary said yes. So I came to the conclusion, because I don't believe any coincidences from God, that God knew, even though it had to be a long time, over 13 years, oh, many years before that, that uh, when my aunt was alive, she somehow gave me this book, this Bible, and uh, God knows. That's why I always talk about the hairs on the head of your body. 
knows how many exactly hairs that we have. But I think the more important thing, what he does know also, is he knows every second, every minute of every day of our life, what is going to happen. So he he knew, God knew, when I was going to find this Bible. Even though it was, I maybe received it, not that many years before that, so it was there, it was probably in my library all the, all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> but unless, you know, when we want to get into that and miracles, it could have been, but we won't even go there. We'll try to go with reality here. <laughs> but it was right there in front of me, but I didn't see it. I wasn't meant to see it. It's like a lot of us. It's it's all about timing. You know, sometimes if whatever we need, it's it's we God knows when we need it at that exact minute in time. So that's the history of this Bible. So how does it uh, relate to now? Well, some of the passages that she actually highlighted and put a little a little check mark next to. Uh, uh, one of them is John. 35, John 6, 35. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not go hunger. Then again, as he uh, highlighted that uh, verse 50 of 41, and, and also John, and it states here, and this is how, he underlined every word, and she put a little check mark and a little, you know, thing. So it, it was an important passage in the Bible that she wanted me to read. And I think now is a time where I think we should all share this and why it's so important. Number 50, verse 50, in uh, chapter 41 of, you know, this is all ch- chapter 6 of John, verse 50. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which comes down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which shall I give for life of the world is my flesh. Then in verse 52, she starts, she starts highlighting each word. <laughs> I mean, it's actually underlines, I should say. And then she has a little thing on the side. Jesus states, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. And then it keeps continuing on number 54. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is the food indeed, my blood is the drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. And I in him, as the living Father sent me, and I 
live because of the Father, so he who eats me will live because of me. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, and not such brothers eat and die. He who eats this bread will live forever. So, I'm, I'm sure we all heard those Bible readings before and how important it is. And uh, so, this makes it more doubly important. So, I was praying earlier, and asking uh, God, what, what can I do to help? What do you want of me? And then the idea, well, we're all homebound. I was uh, uh, been a Eucharist minister, I guess, since back in 2007. And, uh, and also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, just this past week, the homebound person, John Palancia, and his wife, Roseanne, he just passed away. Less than, less than a week ago and uh, so I always felt it a privilege for most of those years full time that I gave communion to John and his wife Roseanne and uh, later on it was I was like more of a backup but I still was doing that and one of the other functions we have as a Eucharist minister is co- always you know, at Sunday Mass, giving the body and blood of Christ. I always picked the blood of Christ because I had a calling for that. Because not every church gives that, but the church I was a Eucharist minister of, St. Maximilian Kobe in Pembroke, Florida, does, or did anyway. And uh, so that's, that's so important how he states here, Jesus states, about the body and blood. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. My flesh is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh, my blood abides in me, and I am in him. It's it's so... Jesus Christ believes it's important. So, all, I would think all of us who are Catholics, if Jesus Christ thinks it's important, is there any other source higher than that? I don't think so. So, now we're all homebound. But I think we have to get creative. Let's face it. All of us are homebound, but we still still go get food. It's either delivered or we go pick it up. <laughs> That's how we, otherwise, I mean, we do also buy groceries in Costco and the stores, but that's, you know, we either make it, which means we go to the store and buy the food, or I, most of the time the curbside delivery or things like that. There's a way. So we're not starving. There's food. But how about our soul? Is our soul going to starve? What are we doing about our soul? And I think we need to be creative. Uh, one of the stories I remember, uh, a co-worker of mine, uh, 
when I told him I was a Eucharist at St. Maximilian Kobe, he was going to uh, St. David's. His daughter uh, was uh, at the school at the time. This was back in the, I guess, 2000s, early 2000s. And, um, and I told him I'm a Eucharist minister. And I give the body of Christ. And he, he, he like, wondered, well, why? Why would you drink from the blood of Christ? The, the wine that, that everyone else drinks on. You're going to get their germs, get sick. But I'll give you a little hint. All those seven years uh, that was at Mass that I was participating with, I did not get sick. And uh, we always were told that uh, after we gave out the share of uh, the wine, it was any left, we would have to consume it, which I did. And sometimes I even, some of the uh, uh, other Eucharist ministers, they didn't want to consume the, 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 the wine that was left in their chalices, so I drank leftover from theirs, mine, anywhere. The point is, I never got sick. If you and so, Archbishop Thomas Winsky or anyone else who makes decisions, the bishops of the United States, Pope Pope Francis. If you really believe, this is a body and blood in Christ. No one will get sick, but if you don't believe, then you don't really have faith in Jesus Christ. And how could you be a bishop, or a pope, or a priest? if you don't believe that that is the body and blood of Christ. So that's a, that's a big question mark here. Now, can, can we take precautions? I would say, yeah, you know, you, we have to, of course. Even though I don't think it's necessary because God is not going to give us germs to kill us. Then I can pretty much say, I mean, after seven years, I didn't get sick once. And I was consuming the wine while I was ever left over in my chalice or in someone uh, another chalice from uh, uh, those who were serving it that day. But that's fine. We could, we could do that. I mean, if, if restaurants could deliver food to us or curbside pick a give to us so we could have our food, or grocery stores so we could buy our food and make it at home open. So this is our food, but this is our food for the soul. So yes, we could have our mass. We could, I mean, I would, I am a Eucharist minister still at uh, St. Maximilian Kobe. I would be very happy if someday told me, you know, you have to take precautions. You know, you get some Eucharist in a chalice and you're not going to be able to give the blood. I understand that, but at least we could have the, the, the body. And they tell us, everyone's homebound now. It's not just sick anymore. <laughs> Everybody's homebound. I wouldn't have a problem going delivering to the And so I have a mask on. And before we could just meet at the, their door, We could give them the body, blood, and Christ. But at first, I could, you know, put uh, on my hands, you know, the whatever the 
the, uh, rubbing alcohol or, the, you know, the solution, whatever we have to keep our hands clean. You know, you're not going to have soap and water up there, but you could do that first. They will, we will give it, their, after we clean our hands, was rubbing alcohol or whatever, you know, sanitized way of doing it. We still have our mask on, but we're not consuming anything. Meet them at the door, deliver the Eucharist to them. We could say a prayer before or after. It could be whatever Archbishop uh, Whiskey believes it would be correct. We don't even have to go in their house. We can meet him right outside or meet him in the backyard. Or, you know, it depends. If they're in an apartment building, maybe meet him downstairs. <laughs> so we don't have to be, uh, we do very, very good precautions. And yes, when people, I had to tell you this, fathers, I don't know if you guys get food delivered, you probably don't because someone cooks for you. Someone had to go pick up the food. They hand us the receipts. They may have a mask on. I have a mask on. They may have gloves on. Um, I don't have gloves on, usually. <laughs> now, when I go to groceries, I do have gloves on. But I could, I could, we could do the same thing. Or, if they want, don't want to do that, if some, uh, some priests say, oh, we could have confessions in the office, how about this? A two for one. <laughs> to maybe motivate people to uh, go to confession first. Have confession and then afterwards give them communion. You don't, you know, as someone in homebound, you're not going to be doing a whole mass at someone's house. <laughs> they don't do that. We'll say a prayer, two prayers, whatever, depending on how sick the person is. You know, I mean, later on, the prayers, uh, my poor John he was, you know, very sickly. Even though he was standing up, he did stand up even. And I, I gave him a, a communion. And so, you know, in the earlier days when we do, we would say a lot more prayers. And so later on when he got sick, the prayers went down a little bit. But the key, he had communion. So all the Eucharist ministers could do that to the homebound. And uh, it's not necessarily you have to be sick. They're not sick. They still need their life. This, what God says in the Bible. I mean, is anybody going to dis dispute that? On this John, chapter thirty-five. Oh, actually, chapter forty-one. Chapter looks like forty-one. Chapter forty-one or chapter forty-four. Actually, forty-four. From forty-four to to fifty-two. That the verses, but it's all in John. Jesus states this himself. They're quoting Jesus Christ. So yeah, okay, we could get our food or have it delivered, but our food for the soul. Now let uh, we can hope and pray. Maybe they're going to start opening the churches, so we don't have to worry about that. And we have to be social distancing and do all the correct things. And that's great. We could pray for that and do a spiritual communion. But if it's going to go any longer than that, we have to think of alternative ways. We must. Because our souls are dying. 
our souls and time and repeat that. Because how long can we live without the body and blood of Christ? And God forbid that we die with this coronavirus. You can't even have a priest come see you. So we're going to have an empty soul. That's why I emphasize it, and I don't think everyone really paid much attention to it, that on Divine Mercy Sunday, how God opened up his beautiful rays to everyone, and you didn't even have to be Catholic. You could have been Jewish, Muslim, Hebrew, or, you know, any other, any other religion, or not an atheist. You didn't have to believe in God now to say those prayers. But I don't think going to be an atheist going to be praying, but you could. Because God has come here. He died he, for all of us, not this, the ones who need it. That's remember when he, he states about people do not go to a doctor when they're healthy. They go when they're sick. And that's why he said, I want I want those souls who are sick to come to me and to love me. And he said after you love him, that he's willing to give his body and blood of Christ because he died on the cross for us. And he transforms that bread and that wine into his body and blood. That's probably the greatest transfiguration ever. Remember when he, uh, he transfigured himself in his white glowing gown? Yeah, that was a great event. And Jesus and God in heaven spoke. That's a very great event. But I don't know. I, I think this is turning, that, turning a glass of wine, which he did before. Remember the water to wine miracle? So he could do it while he was here on earth. And how the priest, the Catholic priest, turned this, this wafers into the blood of Christ. They turned this, this wine into the blood of Christ. That's why I always felt it's so important to have both. I still do. I know it'll be a while before we get, get the blood back again. Because we went through that before. I think that was in, when, uh, was it 2007? Ebola and things it's important and you know why it's important not because I'm saying it's important not because my aunt sister Mary Teresa says that it was important but Jesus Christ said it was important and I don't know if Jesus Christ says something important I'm going to listen and those who are not listening do they really believe in Jesus Christ? That's, you have to put a little question mark. If they think someone's going to get sick, but doing something that all the restaurants <laughs> is doing, or the grocery stores are doing, then they're being foolhardy. And unfortunately, not from Jesus. Because this Jesus states, we, we must have that to live, the body and blood of Christ. So how can, long can we go? We could do the spiritual communion, yes. But how long? We have to find alternatives. 
there, there's a turn of the way. You've got to be creative. So Bishop Winsky, tell your parishes to give out the communion. Have the homebound go. Have people come. They can line up. You know, social distancing, though. You know, six feet away and line. That'd be six feet, you know. We could have the like the little the little strips like the stores have. I don't have a problem with that. It'll be a long a long line, but hey. And have the uh, the priests and the Eucharist minister help give out the communion. Yes, you're not gonna have you can't have a mass on them. But because it's again the social distancing, but you could give out communion. And you and you can't say, well, you can't give communion without a mass, but the homebounds do it all the time. So they could have a mass, like they're doing now, without without uh, the parishioners, like they are doing now. But when the mass is over, people lining up outside, around the corner, in the cars. I don't know. I guess they, but Bishop didn't like the cars for some reason. Maybe they weren't close enough. I don't know. Or have the homebound distribute the communion. I, I don't have a problem. I'll, I just distribute. We could do precautions. Have a mask. Sanitize our hands before and after. We do we do worse <laughs> when, we, when we're going to uh, uh, pick up, curbside pick up, you know, at the, uh, the Chili's or whatever restaurant you go to. They come to you and drop it off. But they, believe it or not, they have a, a, a mask and they have gloves on, but they hand you a receipt. They hand you the packages. So that's less than six feet. <laughs> this will let you know. So someone would have to hand us the communion, the body of Christ, because our souls need to live. This is the most important part. And, and those who think that you're going to get coronavirus because someone's giving you communion, I don't think they really know that this is the, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. It's not going to happen. For all those years of me consuming the wine, at the end of, uh, after everyone drank from the cup and my little, and other people's cups, I never got sick. Not even like a sniffle. Nothing. Zero. And I never gave uh, any sickness to uh, my homebound. So, one, you got to believe. If you don't believe, then, then maybe some people should be thinking of another profession. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> so I'm praying now. Let's pray in our Father, Hail Mary, and glory be. Our Father, and we're praying for having the actual communion. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I do the consecration prayer to Mary. Morning glory prayer. I, William Young, a repentant sinner, renew and ratify today in your hands. O Immaculate Mother, the vows of my baptism, I renounce Satan and resolve to follow Jesus Christ even more closely than before. Mary, I give my heart. Please set it on fire with love for Jesus. Make it always attentive to the burning thirst for love and for souls. Keep my heart in your most pure heart. May I love Jesus and the memories of his body with your own perfect love. Mary, I entrust myself totally to you, my body and soul, my goods, both interior and exterior, even the value of all my good actions. Please make of me of all that I am and have. Whatever most pleases you, let me be a fit instrument in your immaculate, merciful hands for bringing the greatest possible glory to God. If I fall, please lead me back to Jesus. Wash me in the blood and water that flows from his pierced side. Help me never to lose my thirst in this fountain of love and mercy. With you, O Immaculate Mother, you who always do the will of God, I unite myself, perfect consecration of Jesus as he offers himself in the spirit to the Father for life of the world. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all. And uh, I hope that our prayers help for those priests and bishops and archbishops, cardinals, and Pope Francis himself, that we must continue or start again the body of Christ and eventually the blood. Amen.